Just a quick reminder before we get into today's show, you can call or text us at 570-POD-WAD-1. That's 570-763-9231 with your ideas for icebreakers, topics, or just general feedback. We'll probably use it in the show, and you'll save us some creative energy, which we greatly appreciate. Find out everything about the show at yallheard.me. Now, on to the episode. Y'all Heard? All right. Hey, Hey, everybody. This is Y'all Heard. A podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Did I say Phillips? (laughs) (laughs) And we're not related. Wait, we don't say this now. We don't really have a set intro, Marissa. Okay. Are you just discovering that? <laughs> I don't know. Pete, what is our show? Uh, this is a show, if you can imagine you're on a boat in the middle of the ocean and it's pitch black. And off in the distance you see a little bit of a, a, a light and it gets brighter the closer you come to it. But like, pretend the light is sound because there's no visual to go with this show. So, like, you hear a sound, and so you, you go towards the sound, and the sound gets louder. And when you get there, you're like, hey, this is cool. What's wrong with you? In other words, <laughs> we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how was your week? My week was okay. Um, I got a new puzzle. My life has a lot of opportunity to be better. Doesn't all of ours, doesn't all of ours, what? <laughs> I need a vacation. <laughs> I'm glad you made that noise so I didn't have to. How about you, Marissa? How's your week going? Um, I have a job that's very, very corporate that I actually dress up for. And um, I decided there's like a direct correlation with like... The more corporate my day job is, the more of a scumbag I want to be in my daily life. Like, I feel like I need to balance out, like, my respectability and, like, my corporate job with just, like, turning into, like, a <laughs> disheveled scumbag. And that's the only way Immediately, I can like, myself. Yeah, right in the parking lot on the way out of work. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm trying to figure out, like, yeah, how to transition fast. Because I hate it. I hate walking home in my work clothes and seeing these cool punk people that would normally, like, give me, like, a knowing nod and being like, look at this square. I hate that. Those are not real punk people. (laughs) I know, but... It happens very rarely. But, like, I wear a tie to work, and sometimes I walk around after work, and, like, people give me a look like, ugh. Like kids, like Ugh, yeah. look at this tool in his tie. He's he's like a corporate shill, and it's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I get paid nothing. <laughs> like I know, leave me alone. Kids, like Pete, I know you're right. Like those aren't real punks. However, when I was in college, I had young punks that were like still in grade school. Like, no lie, not even joking to this day. Still can't understand it, but. I had a kid come shake my hand. A fellow punk shook my hand. I was like an older version of them. They shook my hand. I had like um, a reputation for being that one Hispanic punk girl. I used to make friends on the street because we'd look at each other. We'd be like, we should be friends. Like now no one wants to be my friend. Now you should turn that around and go up to them 
in your corporate clothes and <laughs> say, I would like to shake your hand. I don't know. Or I should just get terror away work clothes. <laughs> That'd be sick. Seems very yeah. costly, though. Every day you're tearing them away and just leaving yeah. them behind. Um, so, yeah, that's how my week is. What <laughs> is your dream ice cream flavor? Oh, my dream. You know, I. you're going to hate me for this, but right now my dream ice cream flavor is just it's cookies vanilla. and cream. Okay. I have been like, I've had such a hankering for cookies and cream lately. And I'm like, no, you, you can't have ice cream. Like, it's just that simple. You can't have ice cream. So I haven't been able to get it. But it's all I think about day and night. Okay, okay. I'll um, take it. Yeah, and and I'm not going to say, like, it's the best ever or anything like that. I just have a real craving for it right now. And part of the reason why I think it is a very good ice cream is because the cookies absorb the, the, the like, moisture of the ice cream. And I don't like, like, Skittles or any shit like that. I don't like anything hard in my ice cream because uh, my dentist ruined my mouth. There's a reason why, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on this podcast you can say whatever you'd like on this podcast marissa because pete's dentist asked about it on a date on bumble and he didn't respond i uninstalled i uninstalled the app yep exactly oh i'm sorry he didn't respond uninstalled the app then went to a dental appointment yeah and pretended it never happened yeah that's why and so now I have two teeth that hurt real bad <laughs> yeah. since October, and I'm currently on the hunt for a new dentist. Moral of the story, if one of your healthcare providers if one of, talks this, to you no, on no, a dating no, app, you no. have to go on a date with them. Don't make this about me, because I don't think that the medical provider or the dental provider should be trying to match with a patient. But you matched with her. Were you drunk? Yes. That doesn't take away your responsibility. <laughs> so now it's a duty. Your culpability. Okay. Tell me about your ice cream. <laughs> I can't decide between cotton candy, black raspberry, and cheesecake. So let's combine the three of them. That's a good idea. Yeah. Probably tastes dirty, but I'd eat it. Yeah. I'd eat anything, guys. I can't eat anything fun. Uh, I think you should tell the punk people on the street that. You should say, my favorite ice cream is cotton mm-hmm. candy, black raspberry, and the other one. <laughs> You're such an anarchist. Yeah. Okay. So, Pete, speaking of anarchy, who are you talking about this week? Little little story about how I discovered this very, very like, sentence story. or two. I went to visit Marissa once, and Marissa was, I'm going to, you know what? Open book here, okay? Marissa was okay. bootlegging a Hulu account. He left it open. It's mine. <laughs> we sat and watched a few episodes of Difficult People. One of the stars of Difficult People is Julie Klausner, and she has a podcast, uh, and it's called How Is Your Week with Julie I Klausner. Didn't know that. And it's just her for like an hour. That's it's weird. it's hard. <laughs> That's if, weird. If you could do a quality podcast with just one person, I would have done one. Like I would have started one years ago. <laughs> But I needed somebody else because I don't even want to listen to me that long. I feel bad that my students have to listen to me that long. 
I couldn't get through a whole episode. I got through like 20 minutes, and I think that's pretty fair. And it's not because I don't like her. It's just one person talking at you, talking to themselves, you know. So she's talking about something, and I can't even remember That's what narcissistic. Continue. Yeah, she's talking about something, and it was like she was like skipping over something. And she was like, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about those ecosexuals either who, uh, you know, if you want to like jack off to a landscape, that's fine. What I'm really talking about is blah, blah. And then she just moved on. And I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) slow down. So maybe she had talked about this on a previous episode. And as I started to look into the topic a little bit, I discovered that it was a little bit more of a fad or, or topic to talk about like 2016, 2017. So maybe I'm a little behind, but, uh, hopefully you are too. And you can learn a little bit about ecosexuals today. The thing that you should understand about ecosexuals is that you could say, I am an ecosexual or I uh, am a fan of sexy ecology. And, no. what, and what I hate about that is that they just want to be able to say sexy. <laughs> so they call it sexy ecology. I like ecosexuality as a term because it sounds better <laughs> than me. Yeah. Now, the term, however, was coined by two performance artists. So to me, the credibility of this movement is immediately gone. Yeah. One of the... Now, they're not just solely performance artists. One is a professor, a college professor, not surprised, um, Elizabeth Stevens. And one is a sex educator named Annie Sprinkle. Annie Sprinkle does have a weird name, but that's because she has used it for the duration of her career in the realm of sex work. She's been a stripper, a porn star, a magazine editor. She's done all these sorts of things. Uh, And so she has a a long past in the industry. However, this is also the woman who, when The Guardian wrote an article about ecosexuality, they quoted her saying, flowers are tree genitalia. Basically, you're looking at porn. Shut up. So, (laughs) in my mind... The messenger is really ruining the movement here. Yeah. Marissa knows this, but you may not, listener. Uh, We both studied writing, uh, creative writing, for master's degrees. And after that, I decided to write a story about a dendrophile. That's someone who is aroused sexually by trees. All paraphilias I find very interesting. But this is not a paraphilia. This is like a, a sexual identity. So there's another uh, advocate Amanda Morgan, who is a faculty member at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas School of Community Health Science. Yeah, that's credible. And she told Vice that taking the earth as a lover encourages mutual respect. A lot of times we talk about the earth as a mother, but they're talking about the earth as a lover. If you piss off your mother, she's probably going to forgive you. If you treat your lover badly, she's probably going to break up with you. So... That tells me that we're trying to scare people into taking care of the earth (laughs) because you still want to be liked. (laughs) Yeah. But to me, I think what's really tragic about this is there's just such a gigantic angle of goofiness to it. And I get it because they want this to be like a fun, diverse thing, uh, but it's really hard to take it seriously. And I kind of wonder at times if there is seriousness to it or if it's just like... A thing to do as performance art raunchy things to put on signs really blatant references to genitalia and of course hella mad nudity <laughs> <laughs> they want people to be, view ecosexuality as fun 
Um, but also tie it in with the hot button topics of climate change and saving Earth. Um, they claim to have 100,000 people in their ranks. Uh, I do not know what qualifies a movement, but I guess yeah. I guess 100,000 people isn't so bad. When we talk about sexuality, this can be a very dangerous topic because different strokes for different folks. Easy easy way Truth. to explain it, Truth. but <laughs> it's uh, it's complicated because while they protest mountaintop removal efforts in the Appalachian Mountains, which many y'all heard episode. Apparently, it is cheaper to mine the top of a mountain off of a mountain than it is to dig under the mountain or into the ground to get coal and natural resources. So in the Appalachian Mountains, they're just lopping the tops off mountains uh, so that they can use it for coal. And what it does is it messes with the ecology, it messes with the landscape, everything like that. So ecosexuals are not into that. But they're not into it for environmental reasons. I don't know where the sexual reason comes, except to bring shock and attention when they go to demonstrate at things. So for every legitimate protest like that, they also have seminars where they demonstrate grassalingus. Oh, man. <laughs> tell me all about this. I can't tell you about it because I can't watch it. Is it them just licking it? Yeah. Oral pleasure to grass. Wait, so wait, wait, wait. I thought it was going to be like them getting pleasure from it. How are they giving pleasure to it? How do they know how it Yes, that's it? that's the question. How, how do you measure How do you measure that you are giving pleasure to it? How the do earth? you get consent? Thank you. Because it's something that I thought myself. They said one of the things, well, I'm going to get later to uh, 25 things you can do uh, as an ecosexual or something. Pleasure the earth. And, um, and one of them is like swim n- naked in her waters. And it's like, if I was water, you think you're doing me a favor by swimming naked in me? <laughs> like, yeah. I uh, disagree. <laughs> so, yeah, there is a How bit of. Um, this is a very narcissistic movement. Oh, Marissa, it's not as presumptuous if you listen. And I'm sorry I didn't get the person for this quote. But uh, one of the people, I, I think it's in the Wikipedia or the Guardian article says that ecosexuals are closer to androids than people because they are extensions of the earth itself. No. So it's almost like your body is not really a human body. You are just an extension of the earth and you are inhabiting the earth. I don't know about soul energy, anything like that, but that's sort of one of the things behind it. I think the other the other issue with this is um, there's too many definitions. <laughs> So it's really hard to figure it out. For every academic definition of it, here is one. The formulation of an ecosexual identity is a practice of an erotic, ecologic, deconstructing, hypernormative constructions of gender, sex, sexuality, and nature in order to continually queer and destabilize identities. It is an identity identified by desire rather than a stable essence or being. And it is a desire for the more-than-human environment in which the human subject is sensorily implicit. How do people have time to develop these concepts? Don't they have jobs? For every academic definition, there is also a parallel ridiculous one. Oh, it looks like I did include this quote. Ecosexuals as people who are related to cyborgs and are not afraid of engaging in intercourse with nature. I still don't get how it's a cyborg, but okay. Ecosexuals believe that viewing the Earth as a lover is the first step towards environmentalism, but as I sort of mentioned before, how? 
because I'm sure everybody listening to this, you and me included, can say, oh, I could think of at least three or four relationships where humans treated other humans like total garbage. <laughs> so yeah. by taking the earth as my lover, if I'm willing to treat another person like garbage, why wouldn't I just treat the earth like garbage? Like, I don't know if this is a great broad uh, idea that would catch on for that reason. What I find pretty interesting is that the more detailed the definition gets, the less sexual it gets, and the more it just turns into general environmentalism. Like, okay. the earth is here, it has been here before us, and it will be here after us. We are temporary inhabitants, and we need to take care of it. Okay. You don't trash a hotel room just because you can. You keep it in a generally decent state because you are a civil human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Similarly, you don't mine the earth for all of its resources so that you can use them in your lifetime. You try to do as little harm as possible, and that's it. So, what does an ecosexual do? Some use environmentally sustainable sex products. Perfect. I get it. I like yeah. it. You're using eco-friendly lube. You're using recyclable condoms. I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> you're you're Ew, doing all that sort gross. of stuff. <laughs> it's just newspaper wrapped around your dick. <laughs> uh, others like being nude in nature. I get that too. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I would do it, but I get it. I'm cool with that. Others like to, quote, roll around in the dirt, having an orgasm covered in potting soil. Okay, cool. Still others, hold on to your pants, Marissa. Still others marry the earth. Okay. I think you'll be very upset about this, Marissa. Some have married the moon, and it's not what? you. I'm so sorry. How? How? <laughs> and Did other, and other natural it? entities. Ecosexuals can also attend or host seminars or workshops on the topic. Does the moon even count? I mean, it's part of the environment, right? It influences the Earth's environment. It's technically in the Earth's orbit. I don't know. You also take part in various performances to raise awareness of a thing that most people will not take the time to understand or be aware of in the first place. Mostly people are just going to look at you and be like, look at that weird person and keep about their lives without actually taking the time to understand you. And I think that's really uh, a bit of a downer. They may also attend the Equal Ecosexual Symposium, which was held last May, that had over 300 uh, attendees, scientists, artists, and sex commentators alike. Cult musician Peaches, uh, who is claimed to be an ecosexual champion, wrote a poem called Dirt to mark the occasion. Here is a selection. Ugh. Dirt is a wonder. Dirt is real. Dirt is precious. Dirt gives us breath. That wasn't good at all. I don't know how dirt gives you breath. I do know that dirt can take away your breath if it gets <laughs> in your mouth and nose. <laughs> Luke Dixon, I don't know who he is, uh, performed eco-sexy Shakespeare. Whatever. And they also uh, had several filmmakers uh, showing trailers for new documentaries. All of that in an effort to raise awareness about eco-sexuality. Um, Something about this like isn't even... Like, furries, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't get it, but wow, it's intriguing. Or, like, wow, that's kind of cool in a weird way. I don't even, like, I don't even find, like, I'm like, ew, but that's it. It ends with ew. I'm not like, ooh, tell me more, or ooh, they're so edgy. It's just like, <laughs> go home. Yeah. You hippie. And I'm trying to figure out, like... Stop trying to be edgy. I'm trying to, yeah, like, um, it, it, so, some people will say that this sort of proclivity existed for quite some time, um, 
but that it just became organized because climate change is so popular, you know, so such a, a big thing. issue. I don't know. I guess people do want people in their community, but I just mean like, fine, get a boner under a waterfall, but do you have to like give it to lame name and then make poems and like I'm being prejudiced. You don't. You don't have to think anymore of things that an ecosexual might do because I'm going to read to you 25 ways to make love to the earth. Okay. One. Tell the earth, I love you. I can't live without you. That sounds a little clingy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> At first, you may feel embarrassed to be lovers of the earth. Let it go. It's okay. I believe the action item there is let it go. Number three, spend time with her. Number four, ask her what she likes, wants, and needs. Then try to give it to her. Implicit in a long dash <laughs> is... An answer from the earth. <laughs> yeah. Massage the earth with your feet. Admire her views often. Circulate erotic energy with her. That uh, That's very vague. <laughs> I would say like... I'm sorry, I forgot this isn't a visual show. <laughs> <laughs> I would say to a plant, I would be like, I would like to make love to you. If the answer is yes, sprout a flower... If the answer is no, do not. Like, I would need, I need more consent. I respect that, Marissa. Yeah. Number eight, smell her. Number nine, taste her. Num number ten. Ugh. Even if we were talking about a person right now? <laughs> right. Gross. Number taste ten is her. touch her all over. Some things aren't meant to be said. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I know. If you... Touch the earth all over. My hat is off to you. Hug and stroke her trees. Ew. Oh, Marissa. Marissa might just hang up on the Skype call at this point. <laughs> what, what? Number 12, talk dirty to her plants. What? What? Whoa. <laughs> 13, Ew. swim naked in her waters. Yeah, Number again, 14, dirty. lay on top of her or let her get on top. Yeah, I want that. I want that. Oh, I should interject here and explain to you that this is a two-woman show performance. The 25 things, the 25 ways to make love to the earth. I'm not going to lie. I would want to see that. Uh, number 15, do a nude dance for her. Number 16, sing to her. Number 17, kiss and lick her. Number 18, bury parts of your body deep inside her soil. This is closely re related to number 19, which is plant your seeds in her. What? <laughs> which what is... Thing? Not to be vulgar. Have you ever heard of the term, I think it's soaking? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Where I think it was like maybe a either a real or a fake concept of one religion or something where you can't have sex, but <laughs> that men were possibly soaking, where they just put their penis in and were not gyrating, they would just leave it in. <laughs> and that's the visual I got from that statement. But anyway, continue. Number 20, love her unconditionally, even when she's angry or cruel. Yeah, so don't, whatever. Don't complain Are about the weather. Are they talking about what they want men to do for them or women? Ouch. Quite a leap. <laughs> Number 21, keep her clean, please recycle. Number 22, work for peace, bombs hurt. Keep her clean? Which is another thing. That's weird thing. if you think of it as a human. When we go to hollow earth theory, 
there is also the desire to get rid of bombs because bombs can accidentally create a hole that would expose the inside of Earth. And if that happened, it would ruin the whole equilibrium and everything would go nuts. And so pretty much nobody wants bombs, okay? Can we just cut it with the bombs? (laughs) Yeah. Number 23, if you see her being abused, raped, exploited, protect her as best you can. How do you tell when she's being raped and when she's having consensual <laughs> sex? Because there's no consent, yes. Um, if, oh, that's, I already said that one. Number 24, protect her mountains, waters, and skies. And number 25, vow to love, honor, and cherish the earth until death brings you closer together forever. How do you know earth doesn't want to be independent? Yeah. Like, get, get off your high horse, you savior. Also, if she wants to be dirty, let her be dirty. Yeah, I agree. Because, um, yeah, there was there was just like an aspect of this that made me uncomfortable. Like, if I wanted to become an ecosexual, it seems like I have to change the entire way that I live my life because I'm not crass enough. Um, I'm not, like, vulgar enough. And it seems like that goes hand in hand with that. But I wonder if that's also just a byproduct of our time because, you know... I think it's the latter. So that is a little bit about ecosexuality. What, Marissa, would spice up ecosexuality that would make you go, oh, I'm listening? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'll I hate that. it. <laughs> I hate it because I have a prejudice against hippies and it just sounds like hippies. <laughs> it does. Yeah. But yeah. Like, it sounds. It sounds almost lonely hippies. It sounds worse than hippies, yeah. Yeah. Or like, what if there's like an earth orgy? Ugh, gross. Yeah. Sounds worse than hippies and uh, everyone thought that they're dirty. You couldn't use that field for anything ever again. I know. But yeah, I don't know. Everyone seems really dirty in my mind. Yeah. Like, full of dirt. A, that's not a pun. Smelly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a pun. So, yeah. Um... One line in a podcast led me down the rabbit hole of ecosexuality. You can just Google it, and you'll be able to find an ecosexuality website where you can find upcoming events and things like that. Unfortunately, guys, I cannot plug a ecosexuality symposium for this enough. May. For this you can't May. plug it enough. It happened last May, but there hasn't been one rescheduled for 2018. So I don't really know what the plans are for uh, ongoing because there were issues with lack of consent, and they're not allowed to have one until they reconcile that. I think I think that's a fine reason not to have yeah, one. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Um, what have you learned about recently, Marissa? I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be judgy, but more or less an equal kind of tool, a breatharian. Okay. Are you familiar with breatharians? No. A breatharian. At least not by the name is a, unless I'm saying it wrong, a person who believes that it is possible through meditation to reach a level of consciousness where one can obtain all sustenance through the air or sunlight. In other words, they don't need to eat food. So, apparently, though there is a modern Breatharian movement, apparently Breatharianism has been around for thousands of years. Of course. Uh, Various cultures around the world have written about this ability. Uh, This is a common theme throughout Buddhism and a lot of other spiritual traditions, Um, but it's 
it's important to point out that it is different from fasting because fasting has an end point. And this is supposed to like bring you to an enlightened state where you no longer need to eat long term. Is the end point of fasting just being dead? I mean, no, isn't the end, isn't fasting you're doing it like after you enlighten, you're enlightened then you eat again or something? Oh. Or after you achieve a goal you eat again? Yeah, but like if you yeah. can't achieve the goal, then you just die, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. But here, once you achieve it, you keep it going. Um, the modern Brissarian movement uh, was founded by someone who goes by Jazz Mohin, though formerly her name was Ellen Grief. So she's just a white lady who had a white lady name, but now she's Jazz Mohin. Uh, she used to have a financial business, but slowly but truly, like, she started getting new agey, and she started, like, prep peppering her financial advice with like meditation and then eventually she just transitioned to being some sort of like breatharian guru her program advises followers to convert to breatharianism gradually uh so you first become a vegetarian then you become a vegan then you move to raw food and then you go to just fruits then just liquids and then finally you live purely on prana and prana is the word that means life, air, or life force. Okay. Uh, in this, you replace physical foods with air and light, as well as metaphysical nourishment. Uh, so Jasmine, now I'm going to say some things that contradict, and I'm pretty sure it's because she contradicts, not the research. Jasmine claims she's lived for years without nourishment. Yet at the same time, she admits... <laughs> she having... has tons of pics on Twitter of what she's eaten for lunch. <laughs> no, she, she admits to having mouthfuls of food for taste every once in a while. Okay, fine. Um, so... Oh, I have this in the wrong order. Jasmine actually volunteered to appear on Australia's 60 Minutes the television program, yeah. to prove her claims of living purely on light. After 48 hours, uh, like, working with them so they could kind of, like, see her progress, her blood pressure increased, and she exhibited signs of dehydration. Uh, she attributed these symptoms to polluted air, she said, because they were in a location near the city. Uh, so then they relocated to, like, in the mountains, and then... Her speech began to slow down. Her pupils became to dilate, and she lost so much weight. So the doctors advising this program uh, actually said that they should cut off this experiment before she lost kidney function. But Jasmaheem would go on to claim that 60 Minutes stopped the test because they feared she would be successful. She has said that she doesn't eat. But then she has also said that through the years she has lived on 300 calories and just has tea and liquids. And after the 60 Minutes debacle, people admitted that when they visited her, she has a refrigerator full of food. But she claims that that is eaten only by her husband. So it's debatable <laughs> whether, you know, this is what she actually does or she's a major fraudster. Um, yeah. So there are, you know, a lot of followers to this movement, and a lot of them have died, which should be no surprise. Yes. Uh, one is Verity Lynn, 
a 49-year-old woman who was found dead in a remote part of Scotland after attempting this conversion. And there's Timo Deegan, who is a kindergarten teacher, who tried the plan and slipped into a coma. He actually recovered four weeks later after IV drips, but then he died a short while later. Uh, More people beyond that have died, because should I explain? No, it's obvious. (laughs) I was looking at an article of a Bretharian couple, because I wanted to read more than just about the founder. Um, There is a Bretharian couple who... Um, for some reason, the article found it necessary to point out that they live between, like, New York, California, and, like, some other state. I don't know what the point of that is. But, so this couple (laughs) moves around a lot. And I was like, is this part of the scam somehow? But, um, this couple claims, uh, that they have barely eaten. Which, by the way, barely eaten and not eating are not the same thing. Right. Uh, but, yeah, this Bretharian couple claims that they have barely eaten for nine years alleging that they live off the universe's energy. Uh, this is a husband... That feels and a... pretty selfish. I mean, well, oh, you want to hear selfish? Wait. <laughs> so this is a husband and wife. Uh, their names are Akihi Ricardo and Camilo Castella. Uh, and they claim food and water is not necessary for them, and that people can be sustained solely by the energy of the universe. Camilla and Akahi who have a five-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter, oh, claim no. that all they have eaten since 2008 is a piece of fruit or vegetable broth just three times a week. Mind you, it does not mention if they make their children do this. I okay. would assume not, because I saw pictures. I would assume I they'd be arrested if they made their kids yeah. do this. Now, mind you, in the pictures, they both look fit and thin, but they don't look sickly, surprisingly. And their children look healthy. And their children don't look, like, particularly skinny. So I have a feeling their children eat. Um, so, but, like I said, speaking of selfish, Camilla claims she even practiced being a breatharian during her pregnancy. And she insists that she did not eat anything during the entire month that she carried her first child. Um, the ma- married couple of nine years claim that their food-free lifestyle improved their health and their emotional well-being. Um, have you... I'm sorry if you're going to get to this, you say I'm going to get to it, but like, have you, ever, have you found science contradicting this? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, like, they said the most baby would thing. not develop... Uh, yeah. Oh, actually, I didn't see that, but not that it wasn't there. I think I glazed over it. Um, but dehydration is usually the most detrimental. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all sorts of things happen to your body. It's horrible. Um, now, again, all these people that are breatharians go back and forth between, like, I don't eat anything, to I eat broth three times a week, to sometimes I let food sit in my mouth. <laughs> like, so... <laughs> Until uh, it melts the, and then I swallow it. <laughs> I like chocolate. <laughs> for three years, uh, Camilla says, for three years, Akahi and I didn't eat anything at all. And now we only eat occasionally, like if we're in a social situation or if I simply want to taste a fruit. Now. No. No. Two things here. You could just set One, up a social situation every time you're hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
One. I'm hungry, honey. To... Let's go out to dinner. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a great idea. Are you supposed to become more enlightened, not less enlightened? So you're so enlightened that you don't eat anything, but then you're like, oh, I gotta eat food again. Like, isn't that showing that you're weak? Also, I simply want the taste of fruit. Aren't you supposed to be beyond that? I don't know. Like, I get it, but it, it just yeah. seems like it seems like they're cheating. Like, I don't know. It's like I'm gonna say too that it's like soaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say too that it's like a. It's, I believe that this whole enlightenment thing is kind of like a, a constant thing. You have to, it's like, you know, keeping a sweet bod by going to the gym. If you stop going to the gym, it's not going to just stay. So like, I feel like it's something you have to keep like working on. So I'm not so much, uh, I'm not so much knocking the, I have fruit once in a while. I'm more thinking if you're so damn enlightened then just eat some damn food. Yeah, if yeah, you're so enlightened, true. you would realize that this doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, so it just sounds like they're probably in pain all the time, or they're lying. Um, at the end, Camilla claimed humans can easily be without food, as long as they are connected to the energy that exists in all things and through breathing, which, first of all, that's not easy to do. Also, I just want to pause. Humans can easily exist without food. Write that on a piece of paper and mail it to some <laughs> African village. Like, yeah, I know. come on, asshole. It's because they're not connected to the energy of the earth. Well, why don't you get your ass over there and show them how to do it then? Then there's no more poverty because we're all living off the air. Ooh, touche, touche. I, uh... Oh. <laughs> that was better than anything. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually that is where that ends but the reason why I thought this I, I couldn't think of a topic when you told me you were going to do ecosexuals and then I was just trying to think of something like like really out there and then I remembered in college I knew someone who said his friend was a breatharian um, and I was like that's ridiculous but it's haunted me yeah. Because it's so weird. This should be our new show now. After we both present two topics, we have a conversation to try to link them up <laughs> um, instead of planning ahead. But I feel like the thing that links these two topics together is that both people want some attention for what they're doing. Yes. If you and want to make love to the earth, make love to the earth. You don't have to make a big show out of it. They're probably <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was an easy topic, uh, an easy couple to connect. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Guys, I'm sorry. It's I I hope I didn't come across super judgy about the ecosexual thing. I think that it could be a very wonderful thing. I think it's. I think the consent thing is definitely an issue. I don't think you could just be, you know, putting your dick in the ground and leaving your seed there and just think that that's okay. But at the same time, I think loving the earth is pretty fine. And if you're aroused by the magnificent sights that you see when you look off on the edge of a mountain or something, okay, whatever. But, like, yeah, the message is definitely being tainted by the messengers in, in that particular situation. Pete's more diplomatic than I am. or I don't know if that's the right term, but, like, just more, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm more enlightened. <laughs> Shut up. 
Uh, oh, I'm full. Deal, but I have like two exceptions. I'll accept a lot of things except hippies and juggalos. And uh, I can imagine a hippie being a brassiere. Oh, no, that's sorry. our first. I, that's our first podcast shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine a hippie being an ecosexual, and I can imagine a juggalo being a brassierean. <laughs> <laughs> I no, yeah, I could see the a hippie fit, fitting into both uh, scenes quite easily. Uh, I can imagine a juggalo who's a Brissarian with exceptions for Fago. Plugs, Marissa, you got anything to plug this week? Oh, I am gonna go to a class. Hopefully, assuming I'm not hungover from drinking tomorrow on Saturday, um, called Thirst Trapping. Nice. I'm going to that one instead of the ASMR. Uh, so I'd go to live, both. Yeah, if you live in Philly, Good Good Comedy Theater is a really experimental comedy space that has things I don't know how to describe to people. I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, on Saturday I want to go to a class <laughs> called Thirst Trapping. And he was just like, what? And I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> it seems like they're going to teach you how to revamp your Instagram. Something about booty and fake booze. I don't know. So anyway, my point is I'm going to go to that and hopefully I'll have a story for a future podcast. And this is on the tail end of $5 Comedy Week, which has been going on all week for the first week in uh, April. So we're getting to you a little late, but yeah. I think it just started. Oh, I thought it was. I could be wrong. Oh, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know much. I don't know anything. Hey, what's your plug? I love you. Uh, Let's see. Dirty bitch. I was going to plug Sandwich Portraits because I just haven't in a while. <laughs> okay. Um, and Thursday the 12th, I believe, is uh, Grilled Cheese Day. So get out there, get yourself a grilled cheese, and um, check out sandwichportraits.com. See some pictures of some sandwiches. Some taken by me, some taken by collaborator James O'Meara, including this week's Chicken Skin BLT. My boyfriend takes so many pictures of sandwiches, and I keep telling him to send them to me, and he either does with no explanation or doesn't. I'll just give him Dropbox folder access to you and just put them right in there. If you have any questions, comments, or anything about this episode, you can call us up at 570-763-9231. That's 570-POD-WAD-1. Daniel and... thought our phone number was fake. He said, is that real? And I said, why <laughs> would we say a fake phone number? You t- <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so you can, you can leave us a voicemail there. We've gotten a couple in the past, and each one of them we've incorporated into the show. You can also Send me love letters. tweet us. You can leave some feedback on iTunes, whatever it is. We check it. We see it. We incorporate it into the show. We love, we love our listeners. Thanks very much. So with that being said, we love you so much. We're going to leave you now. <laughs> it's been great Bye. having you this week. We love you so much. Bye. Let it go. Bye. Bye. Bye.